I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the Monday Review on Elite. It's two wins from two for Great Britain's men's team in the early stages of the World Championship and three games to go as Pete Russell's side look to return to the top table of international ice hockey. A shutout win over Korea and an overtime success over Poland means it's five points out of a portable six to start GB off on good terms. Viaplay commentator Aaron Murphy is here to help me pick the bones out of a positive start as we also ponder the rest of the week ahead for the national team. You're listening to the Monday Review on Elite. Murph, it's great to have you back on Elite and a positive weekend for GB after an opening two victories in the World Championships. I mean, it's the best possible start for Pete Russell's men this early on. Yeah, really good start against Korea. Obviously, got to, you know the legs moving, got going after all the pre the pre tournament games, which were successful as well with you know big win over Latvia and all that. But there's nothing like a real game to get the the legs going, and it certainly looked good in on game day one, probably. A little bit more exciting uh, than it needed to be on game day two. I'm sure that at 3-1 up after 40 minutes, they would have liked to close that out against Poland. But look, you've got to have a little bit of adversity in these short-form round-robin tournaments. So to, to be able to bear back down, gut it out, and get the extra point in overtime against Poland will be huge. Keeps their fate in their own hands, so to speak, as far as medals so and promotion. So Italy 2-0, GB one win and one overtime win. It's kind of as we would have thought at this point, I think. Now, you highlighted in, in your commentaries about the fact that GB have tended to go for the jugular in the early stages of periods, and it's been an effective tool for them so far and given them a leg up. Certainly started on time against Korea, didn't he? I think they had a goal in a, a minute 41 in the first, uh, 12 seconds into the second, and I think there was a goal a minute 30 or a minute 35 into the third. So when you do that to a team like Korea who knows they're you know in tough uh, against a, a the superior team anyway it kind of takes the wind out of their sails so you've, you've got to come out hard and coaches love to say that don't they start on time so they certainly did did a pretty good job of that against Poland as well um, I think that what I've seen so far is the depth 
uh, is really, I mean, when you cut a guy like Cam Critchlow as your last cut, it just goes to show you the depth that GB has now. So all those players that made the cut, they all want to impress and they all want to play hard. So, so far, yeah, start on time. And the only thing after game day one was I think they were 0-5 on the power play. You got to get that going. And they certainly did against Poland with three power play goals. So right now I think they've ticked uh, all the boxes thus far. The Korea game on Saturday, a 4-0 shutout win. Ben Bounds getting a blank in his, his first game, as we said, best possible start. Did Korea give GB the, the test they were looking for so early on? No, I don't think so at all. G, GB knew that Korea were a fast team, and when you watch uh, Korea practice or skate in the morning, they, they do everything at speed. So you're like, well, you've got to be ready for that because they counter well. But GB just smothered them from the dots down or the hash marks down. Korea couldn't get the puck out of their own corner, couldn't get the puck out on the first time of asking. And you really get tired if you don't get the puck out on the first on the first opportunity. So I thought GB all lines did a great job smothering everything from the blue line in. Uh, and Korea weren't able ever to use their speed. And when they did kind of get out on, a, on an odd quick breakout, the, the neutral zone, GB owned the neutral zone. So... I just think that Korea probably thought that they could counter with speed, but GB had a really good game plan. So, so maybe it was a test they needed. They proved that defensively they can smother teams. Um, I mean, Bounds wasn't overly busy, just 17 shots, but good when called upon. So, yeah, it was a really good start, but it's what I would have expected. I mean, if, if you if you struggle against Korea, it would have been a long week. Picked a lot of boxes as well. The shutout for Bounds, for one, scoring early in the periods against the teams we've already covered you know, the, the shutout went, and more importantly, three points on the board. Yeah, I was impressed with all facets. I mean, I think they were over 65% in the face-off dot as well. So Korea were just chasing the game, chasing their tails between, like you said, the early goals, starting off on set pieces, chasing the puck. I mean, GB, I mean, Liam Kirk at times was taking on Koreans one-on-three and, and winning those battles. So it was just uh, one of those games where you sit back and go, okay, like it couldn't have been much better <laughs> as a start. But you always want to have something to work on. So, like I said, the power play needed to, to improve, which it did on game day two. But when you watch the depth, it was great to see Jonathan Phillips score against Poland. So, Lakovic in his 75th cap gets an assist on that. So, all lines were going. I was really impressed with Nathaniel Halbert in, in both games. So, the new guys, the new debutants have been good. Um, so, yeah, all around, I think you can't complain with the selections. You can't complain with the effort. And certainly the only thing they probably would have rather is that they close that out in regulation against Poland. But you need to also have a test in these round-robin tournaments to, to, to be able to gut it out. And they, and they certainly did for the extra point against Poland. You mentioned the new guys. I was going to bring them up a little bit later. I may as well do it now. Nathaniel Halbert, as you've said, has impressed you. Johnny Curran's come in. Sam Ruop as well. And you mentioned that the decisions and having to let guys go as well. But these guys have really settled in. You'd think they've, they've played for the team for a while now. Yeah, I think I said yesterday or against uh, Poland, Nathaniel Halbert looks like a guy who's on his 30th or 40th cap, not, not his second or third. So, um I mean, he was plus four against Korea, Nathaniel Halbert, and he could have had two or three points. Uh, he joins the rush. He goes coast to coast as, as good as anyone in a GB jersey. Uh, he, he picks those spots. He doesn't jump in reckless, let recklessly. He picks those spots. Uh, he's never, and he gets back quick. He had three assists against Poland and could have had a couple of goals as well. So, I mean, he has really looked good. Ruop has four or five shots and goal. He's been nasty and hard to play against in front. Korea could not get to the front of the net whenever Ruop was was on the ice for Great Britain. I think Poland, a much bigger team, a heavier side, they they kind of tested that a little bit and did get on the inside. But when Ruop was out, he sort of controlled that area in front of bounds. Uh, Curran. Keeps his feet moving. He's got a couple of shots on goal. Probably unlucky not to have a point at this 
at this stage, but I think he'll get there uh, by the time we, we get to the Italy game. So, yeah, I think that everyone who's made their debut has looked good, and the guys who are in their, uh, you know, 7th, 8th tournament, they're looking good. So I, I think that right now it's where it needs to be. Uh, you just need to keep you keep improving. Each, you can't look at a goal, okay, Lithuania or 0-2. You can't look at it and go, Romania are the lowest-ranked team or whatever it is you could be thinking about. You just got to play every game like it's it's a must-win, like it's a playoff uh, knockout game. And if they do that, they should line up real nice on the final day against Italy, who look really good as well. Liam Kirk was one player I want to kind of highlight. Everybody wants to watch Liam because of where he is in the world in terms of his career and things like that. But when you consider um, he's not been playing for the last six weeks because of when the season ended in Finland for his team, he told us last week he was really up for the tournament and he certainly was going by the two games. I just dominate his edge work, his skating, his poise on the puck, his vision. I mean, he made a pass to Kate Nielsen against Poland off the wall. It was a broken play. It looked like he was double teamed on the wall. I don't know how he got the pass across to Nielsen. I mean, there's probably only two or three guys in this entire tournament that can make that pass and probably none more that more accurate than Kirky. Um, his edge work against Korea. I mean, Korea, like I said, their, their game is speed and everything moving uh, with the feet going. And he just took on guys one on two, one on three. I, it was just sublime and I think that you're seeing why he he is the guy that tied for the tournament lead in Latvia a few years ago at the highest level you can see why he he was able to to skate in the Finnish Liga so yeah it's lovely to see him he was a big miss last year and you, you'd wonder if he was available last year I mean it was an injury plagued season if he was around last year do they do they stay up Maybe, but he's taken the most of the, the opportunity here. And especially with no Scott Conway, I mean, Liam Kirk has to be the guy. And, and right now with uh, two goals and three assists, I think, yeah, he's certainly been the guy. And he hit the post against Poland. That might have closed the game out. They might not have got to overtime Poland. So, I mean, Kirk on every shift makes something happen. And he links up so well with Cade Nielsen as well. And that really stood out for me over the two games. Yeah, there's a chemistry there. There seems to be, a you know, like uh, it's the young guys kind of, bond together and I, i'm sure that those guys are having you know like lunch together and having chats on the bus and whatnot so there's a bit of uh that's that's every hockey team though right i'm sure jonathan phillips is, is probably hanging out with matthew myers you find the little groups sort of dispersed like that sometimes the d-men hang out but i i think what it is is that Cade nielsen knows just get open um Cade nielsen last year without kirk Cade nielsen kind of had to i think he he led the team with five points last year in his his debut at the top level which was incredible but i think right now he knows just get open get your stick on the ice be ready and that pass off the wall by by kirk to nielsen against poland was it was a great testament to the fact that i think Cade nielsen knows what he needs to do it's not always easy to play with a guy like liam kirk you, you watch and you go okay where am i supposed to be what am i supposed to do he's so much He's probably on such a, a level above some of the guys that you just need to keep it simple. And Nielsen seems to to be able to do that. And it's interesting because I don't think Cade scored at all in NCAA hockey this year. I think he had a couple of assists at, at Fairbanks, Alaska. So for him to come out in his first two games, have two goals playing with a guy who, who played in the Finnish league, it goes to show you that, that Cade Nielsen's a smart hockey player. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The polling game on Sunday, as we've touched upon, went all the way to overtime 5-4 it was in the end. Brett Perlini um, with the, the finish in the end. How good does that put them in Stetton? How good a stead does that put the team in, rather, going into the, the, the rest of the games coming in? That big character when they needed to dig something out, and they did. Well, when you look at it, I mean, Ben Lake in the first game I thought was dominant playing sort of north-south hockey, the straight-line hockey. So you can see why he's such an inter- integral part of the uh, the Grand Slam gi- Giants. And, and he, he had such a, such an impact on the overtime. And even in the third period when GB looked to be reeling a bit, every time Lake was out there, um, he just made something happen. So when he goes to the net, Halbert gets it out to him. I knew it was over before it happened because he just doesn't miss from that's where he, he earns a living, I guess, three feet or less. Um, but it's it keeps the team in good stead because look, let's be honest, they were outplayed in the third period. I think they were outshot 14 to 6 or something in the third period, but they got it out. You need to have you no know, it's, it's no one's God given right here, no matter what your ranking is, to just run the table and set up that final day against against Italy. And Italy knows that as well. I was talking to some of the coaching staff earlier about that. They know they have to just they have to learn from that pushback from Poland because they play Poland and they don't want to have the same. They don't want to drop a point against Poland. So I think it, it keeps GB in good stead, though, because at some point you're going to have a bit of adversity and you need to be able to climb out of it. And you don't want to be that in a gold medal game and you don't know what to do. So the fact that they you know, were being dominated a little bit in the third period and still managed to gut it out, they probably thought it was enough when, when Hammond scored to make it 4-3. And then Poland, they're, they're not going to go away, right? They score with 47 seconds left with the goalie pulled. So that was a twist in the tail sort of game. And you need to have one of those, and you need to be able to keep calm under pressure. GB were under pressure. They get the extra points. So I think it stands them in good stead the rest of the way. And they've got a, a, a wounded animal coming up in Lithuania or own two Romania. They should beat, but that's the thing. You've got to be ready for those games, and I think that that Poland bit of a fright will give them, uh, you know, the kick in the pants. And you're absolutely right. It was Ben Lake that got the winner, not Brett Perley. That's what I get for rushing my notes a little bit. You're right to correct me on that. No, I, you know what? I didn't even hear what you said because, <laughs> to be honest, it's loud here in the hotel, so I just went off. <laughs> Look, Ben Lake is what Ben Lake is, right? He just plays, and I think Simon Kitchen does such a good job on Giants TV. He said to me a few times, if you had a team full of Ben Lakes, you, you wouldn't lose many games. And I think that he just, he doesn't get the credit he deserves to being able to play, you know, a 200 foot game and, and just scores big goals when called upon, especially like you said, there's no Scott Conley. So uh, offense has to come from other guys and Lakers done that at the top pool. He does it for the Giants and he, he did it yesterday in overtime. So what do you think overall, uh, what do you think Pete, Corey and Chuck will have taken from those two performances so far they can take into the, the games to come? Well, you need to close teams out, right? I think the Korea game, they, the, the thing about the Korea game is you want to win. You want to get guys going, legs going. You want your lines rolling. You want your deep partners uh, getting, getting used to each other. And you want to get out of that game one without any suspensions or injuries. So job done. Uh, the second game, what they'll take out of that is, look, we're up 3-1 at home. After 40 minutes of play, we need to finish that game out. 
Um, so yeah, a little bit of a wake up call, but I think that, look, I think people tell you, we did a lot of good things over those two games because they would have really wanted to get the power play going on game day two. They did. So they're ticking the boxes, right? You're going through the gears, uh, as you wind up towards what hopefully will be a gold medal showdown against, uh, Italy. Both teams want to go right back up. So I think they'll take, look, things are, things are happening in the way they should. They didn't, wouldn't have wanted to drop a point, but it would have been, uh, you know, a, a little different conversation if they had dropped two points against uh, against Poland. So they found a way to win. So I think it's mostly positive that they'll be taken from it. But yeah, closing out teams, being ruthless, put the put the foot on the neck, so to speak, when you're up a couple of goals. And I think that's a good learning lesson at this stage in the tournament and not on the final final day. The thing that, that I was pleased with looking back in the game on Sunday, Poland, Poland got that equaliser so late on after GB had, had gone ahead. And it was good to see the momentum that they could have got from that goal didn't really materialise, which allowed GB to ultimately get the winner. Well, and, and don't forget, in overtime, Poland started off with the puck, and I think the guy who tied it up, Fratchko, I think he had a chance. I think Zygmunt had a chance. I think Bounce had to make. I mean, they weren't, you know, huge saves, but big, solid saves early in overtime when you could be a bit nervy after giving up a late goal to send it to overtime. So I think Poland had the first two chances in overtime, but GB never panicked. I mean, there's a great leadership core there. We know that. So uh, look, I, I think for me, you just, you just need to find ways to win if you're going to win gold. And if you want to be, if you want to be the best team here, you got to find ways to win, even when it's, it's, it's sort of momentum. It swings and roundabouts. And Paul Eddie said that you're never going to dominate a team like Poland who look, they won gold and came up, so they're a winning program right now, right? They're thinking we're gold medalists. This is a good squad. People are looking at us as the one B, maybe the weak team, but we're not. And I think that right now, just getting that extra point will be 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 good for GB psyche. But I think they're just going to just it's one game at a time. It's all those cliches, but it really is true in a round robin tournament. And when you consider it's five games played over six days, how much of it comes down to the survival of the fittest as well? Oh, it definitely does. And you know what? That was that was something that I was wondering about yesterday. You play the late game against Korea. Poland plays earlier. They go back to the hotel, Poland. They watch your game, perhaps. They watch video. They get, you know, physio. They get eat. They eat. They rehydrate, and they're ready to go for the 4 o'clock game. GB has to speed things up. So that was one of those ones where you're like, okay, it's five games and seven days or whatever it is, five games. And you just, that night game to the afternoon game to the casual observer wouldn't seem like much, but that's hard to turn around. Um, so fair play to GB for being able to gut it out under that. I mean, you hear football players, Premier League players say all the time, I can't believe how many games there's coming with all these competitions and come on, five five games in seven days. I mean, you know, they would never get through it. So yeah, there's a bit of survival of the fittest, but GB proved a lot yesterday by going from the evening game to the afternoon game and still being able to get the win. So they play the evening game from here on out. They can get back into that game day routine. Most players like the evening game, but are in the afternoon game anyway. I think Paul Eddie always says he never liked afternoon games. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a busy tournament. I think Ben Lake said yesterday, it's just, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter if you're an NHL team or whatever, it's five games in a week is a lot. And uh, yeah, this is a team that's fit. Uh, there's a lot of guys that had a lot of success this uh, past season domestically, whether it's in the EIHL or a guy like Perlini abroad. So I, I think it's, it's a lot of hockey, but this is a team that's, uh, that's fit and ready to go. And, and certainly so far so good. As we speak, Murph, we're, we're at Monday, so it's a rest day right now. So the next two games coming up is Lithuania on Tuesday, then Romania on Wednesday. And I dare say you're using this time to look at those two teams and, and what GB can expect. What have you been able to learn from them so far? Uh, Lithuania, 
they'll be kicking themselves. They were up a two nothing against Romania in the first period and lose three two. They really needed those points because right now Lithuania is certainly the sort of relegation bubble. Uh, you'd have to think GB will will handle them. But Mantis Armalis, their goalkeeper, I mean, he's he's had success in the AHL. He had a good season in the Swedish Hockey League. So, you know, Mantis Armalis, I remember a tournament, maybe it was Eindhoven years ago, where he stood on his head and made about 40-odd saves to beat GB. So you have to be ready for that game. I mean, and they're a wounded animal. I think I said it yesterday on, on Viaplay. Sometimes it looks on paper like it might be easy, but they've, They've really got to throw the kitchen sink at GB to try and get something Lithuania because they don't want to be relegated. Um, I think they were bronze medalists last year and they're in danger of going down. So I think when you're playing a team with their their shoulders to the mat, it's always dangerous. And you got to, well, GB's done a good job, as we said. They've started on time. So they need to get that first goal and, and sort of smother the hopes of Lithuania. Romania, you know, give them credit. They came back against Lithuania. Romania, I remember a few years ago at an Olympic qualifying tournament, I think it was here in Nottingham, they they, they were pretty fast and they were tenacious, so they, they won't give up as well. Uh, I think it all comes down to the game against Italy, though. Like if, if GB struggle against Lithuania, Romania, maybe, maybe that's a bigger issue. Um, but I think right now, from what I've seen, GB should, should come through those two games. As an ideal scenario, come Friday, and I get a lot can happen between now and then, you're hopefully looking at the two teams being promoted on Friday and they just need to fight it out for the gold medal. Would that be the ideal scenario for Pete Russell? Yeah, it's for me, look, I've watched Italy now. They're really strong and they really were all over Korea last night. So I think both Italy and GB came in this tournament thinking if they both play good hockey, that's what was going to happen. But I don't think Pete wants anyone thinking, well, look, it doesn't matter if we win gold or silver, we'll still go up. I think Pete wants to win gold. He wants this is a home tournament. You shouldn't just be going, well, it doesn't matter because we'll go up. I think it needs to be we're here to win. It needs to be ruthless. It needs to be cutthroat. There needs to be a hunger to 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 show the fans that look, this program deserves to be back at the at the highest level and not just because of a secondary uh, position. You also have to remember if you win gold and go up, you get the easier pool or you get a better pool next year at the top level than you do if you're silver. So it's important for placement and where you're going to be. So I think. Pete might be thinking, yeah, we should go up and that'll be lovely. But it's also a fact that we want to win gold on home ice. Much like they did all those years ago in Belfast. You always feel better going off into the summer with that sort of uh, final accolade. And from your point of view, Mark, from a commentary point of view, the games are coming thick and fast, which means I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. How much do you enjoy this time of year and all these games that are coming so fast at you? Uh, no problem, man. I'm always happy to have a chat with you. You know that. Um, no, it's off day today, so happy to to come on. And it's it's good to, to talk to you after your driving lesson. You got through that unscathed. So <laughs> I've got through uh, the first few days unscathed. I guess the thing is, I mean, this is the time of year where, where you love to be a part of these things. And I've done, I don't know, Paul and I were trying to think the other day. I think we've done 10 GBs together. I've probably done 12 to 14 GB tournaments Um so these are the moments that you look back and whether it's Ben Davis against France, Farmer against Hungary. I mean, even last night, Ben Lake in overtime, all those moments are the moments that you kind of maybe not now. I never watch it back and I probably don't 
<laughs> I probably don't look back and critique stuff as much as I should. But at some point this summer, maybe I'll be having a cold beer in the garden. And I'll think, wow, that was special against Italy or the Ben Lake goal was special. So, yeah, these, these are the moments. And I mean, it, it's I mean, I don't get to have a rest after that anyway, because it'll be on to the to the top pool world championships as well. Um, so I, I won't get to take a breath till till June. But yeah, these are these are the times where you don't mind having a game every day. And at the top level, I think Paul and I will have two games some days. So there's a lot of hockey to go yet before I can think about how much I enjoyed it. That's it for this episode of Elite. And thank you to Aaron Murphy for his time. Remember, you can watch the action on Viaplay Extra throughout the week if you can't make it to Nottingham for the games, with action continuing on Tuesday against Lithuania from 7.20. We'll also get the view from inside the camp as the week goes on as GB chase that top flight spot again. But don't forget to follow us on Twitter at underscore Elite IH and like Elite Podcast on Facebook. Also, subscribe and download now from your preferred podcast provider, including Spotify, Amazon and Apple, The new episodes will drop as and when they're ready. Thank you for listening, and I'll be back next time for another exclusive chat. Elite Hockey, Elite Listening. Bye for now. Podcast Network.